Hey guys, and welcome to the uh, the Photographic Collective podcast. My name is Miles Wood Boyer, and you guys, I'm so excited uh, that you have joined us today. Hey, listen, if you're just stumbling in here today, let me tell you a little bit about this podcast. Uh, first things first, uh, there, the purpose of this podcast is really three things. One, we really want to uh, allow you to up-level your business. But before that, we want to encourage you to find a more positive outlook on your life and uh, and then you know leave here after every episode feeling empowered and ready to build meaningful and lasting connections, not only with the clients that hire you as a photographer, but also with the industry around you. And so... Uh, you know, along those lines, we've we've kind of chased down this idea over the last several episodes of some of the battles that we face as an artist. And uh, guys, if you're if you're logging in for the very first time and you know nothing about me, I um, am the first to admit that these are battles that I have fought through every minute of my career. But hearing me speak for for uh, you know episode after episode it seems like it carries far less weight than me bringing in a few people in the industry that I think are really outspoken and knowledgeable, and just professionals in ways to battle things like self deprecation and isolation, and uh, and the the tagline that we all get used to hearing these days, which is imposter syndrome. So this episode, I am absolutely thrilled to bring in um, a friend of mine from Clubhouse back in the Clubhouse days. That was fun, right? Um, Absolutely. Ellie, Ellie McKinney is here, and uh, <laughs> and she is the most positive person in the photo industry. <laughs> Ellie, that's a, that's a big title to carry, but you know but, what? You got to bring the positivity. I mean, come on, that is totally you. Like in yeah. in every single thing that you do, there's just light <laughs> and like air, and there's just this level of beauty to it. So, Ellie, thank you so much for being here with me today. I appreciate you. You know, I'd talk to you any day. Yes, uh, I'm going <laughs> to hold you to that because as soon as we get done with this podcast recording, I'm going to ask for a free mentorship call. Hey, let's do it, Ellie. <laughs> Tell me, tell me about um, about where you are, and uh, and just give us like a high level. Anybody that doesn't know Ellie, you can obviously check the show notes for ways to connect with her directly. But Ellie, tell us who you are and and like where where you are. Yes, I am in Winston Salem, North Carolina. So I, uh, being in North Carolina is interesting. I travel a lot for photography just because I love being inspired by different areas, new scenes, all of that. But I got to give it to North Carolina. We have awesome beaches and the mountains. So I am right in the middle, which makes it really fun to be a wedding photographer. So I started this journey in 2011 and I've been full-time and taken it more seriously for the past four years. So it is everything that I love and have decided to take the education route to help others balance the business side of the creative industry because that is where I am just living in all that passion and love to help people see, uh, you know, all they have to offer that's within them because it's harder to see within ourselves. So that is my jam. Okay. That's the most perfect. Uh, that's, that's like the quintessential <laughs> bio. You just summed yourself up absolutely beautifully. Okay. So back us up though to, to 2011 and um, yes. we're going to dig in. We're going to get here like quick, Ellie. And, oh, and, like, let's do listen, it. Here's the reason why is because I expect for this podcast to last probably 45 minutes long. But if people just have six minutes to listen, I want them to leave with something worth chewing on, right? So heck yes. So take us to 2011. What what motivated you to 
to pick up a camera and and uh, and like call this a career? Oh, that's yes, great question. Thinking back to 2011, I had just graduated college. I was in an executive career that I was thriving in, but there was no creative outlet. And let's be honest, I can't paint, I can't draw. I'm not somebody who can like sit there and write beautiful poetry. But what I loved from my childhood was capturing connections. And I'm talking like my little brother with our cat, like not not anything like broad scope, but I had all of this history with photography throughout my childhood and videography. And so I decided to bring it back into my life. I had a very good friend who I worked with who was into it too. And so we were able to find like these local meetups of people who were teaching photography. Honestly, it was hard to find back in 2011. And now I feel like there are so many more resources. But once I started surrounding myself with industry professionals, I realized I wanted to take this passion even further. So I just taught myself and went to as many meetups as I could. And my friend and I fed off of each other. And now we both do photography. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to touch on something really quickly, though, because I, I think you said something maybe without even meaning to. So right off the bat, the relationships were the important part for you. Absolutely. Hands yeah, down. Yeah. Okay. So this is a this is a commonality. Like everybody that I talk to, and I love this, and I want to hear you speak to this. Everybody that I talk to, that is more focused in how they can serve the people that they are in community with, they just seem happier in general, right? Mm. Like as opposed to the the like sort of cynical, sarcastic, isolated artist mentality that a lot of us fall into, right? Where we feel like everything about us is proprietary. The the people that that find community uh, just seem like they've got a, a whole different outlook. So what is what does that mean to you? Like what it, when you when you say you're like very relational. Where does where does that settle? I've got to be honest with you. And I don't think I've ever told anybody this except for my closest photographer friends. But I went into photography wanting to teach it. And I knew nothing about it. But what I did know is that I love seeing people grow and develop and come into finding their own. And over time, I realized, okay, well, I'm not as knowledgeable as I'd love to be about photography, but what it is is business. And so started to continue down that path. But just to speak to the point that you made, every time that I met somebody, I could learn something new or have somebody that I could reach out to whenever I was feeling alone. Because let's be honest, the photography industry, you can you can just feel really alone sometimes. You don't go to an office where it's the same people all of the time unless you create it for yourself in that sense of community. So for me, I knew being an extrovert in the personality type that I am, I'm happiest whenever I am connecting with others and forming some sense of community and always thinking broad scope, not just what's right in front of me, but how I can build upon myself and these connections that I'm making, if that sort of all makes sense. Yeah, not only does it make sense, I um, I know I hinted at this sort of during the intro, but but we met on Clubhouse. Yes. And which, by the way, come on, guys, I I <laughs> met so many good friends the on Clubhouse. Best. Yes, the best. Ugh, I I felt like we there was just something going on there that I'm sad is is no longer. But um, but I, I was struck by the fact that when when I met you prior to meeting you. Um, I had I, I didn't know your name. I wasn't aware of your work. Um, and evidently, I'm the last one, by the way. But, no, um, no. <laughs> but what I was shocked about was your uh, very eloquent, but also sort of 
graceful way of speaking with authority. Um, that 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 hit me really um, really boldly, and I think it ties in. I'm getting somewhere here. I think it ties in with the your ability to build relationships, because the very first few times that I spoke with you, we were in a room with. Um, I mean, come on, with with Igor Denba and Jonas Peterson. Heavy hitters. And, I mean, these people, I was like, do I even deserve to be in here right now? Well, and I would see your little microphone pop up, right? <laughs> You're like, hi, I'd like to say something. And and I learned early on that you don't say something unless you have something to say. Yes. I want to know all about where that that confidence, where that kind of self-awareness comes from. I can't believe you just brought, I'm sort of stunned over here. I can't believe that, you know, you, you took that away and put it out there because it is, it is my goal to face the fear of failure. So clubhouse was the first time that I had to be authentically me. Nobody can see me or how I'm like smiling at them or trying to sidetrack them with jokes and fun times or anything like that. It came down to what you have to say. And that was what was important on that app. And for me, oh my goodness, I fear failure, but I knew I wanted to take the education route. And so for me, I decided this is an opportunity to test the waters. This is an opportunity for me to speak the truth that I know and get in the moment solid feedback, whether it's positive or negative or somebody could say, oh my gosh, that's crazy. No, I do it this way. And then you can have this conversation openly and honestly on Clubhouse. And so it was a beautiful moment for me because this is when I was like doubling down on what I wanted to do with education, coming up with my path, what was next, uh, business planning, essentially. And those conversations got so deep so quick. It could go from a surface level conversation to you speaking about things you wouldn't even talk about with your friends, honestly, on that app. And so to go to that level that is so deep, I just decided... I've spent a lot of my life worrying about what other people thought of me and trying to form and mold myself into the individual that I'm speaking to or working with. And Clubhouse, yes, you might, there might only be a few people on stage, but you have a whole room of people to where the only option you have is to just be yourself behind your phone with your voice. And so it was a little bit of the pressure that excited me and the feedback and connections I was able to make that kept me going. So it started as, okay, I have to fight this fear and then turned into, wait, I do have things to say. This is a good place to test it, (laughs) to see what other people think about, to see if I really can do this education thing, or if I'm, you know, in the right headspace to deal with feedback and all of that stuff. So it just, it made sense for me to go for it because if I couldn't go for it, then when was I going to? Yeah. Timing is, it seems like it's everything, right? Yes. And, and so this was, uh, this was a good time for you, right? It, it, it sort of sprung you forward, maybe even, you know, ahead of your own timeline, which is, that's, that's a powerful thing. So so to to somebody that's listening, as we sort of segue into, and I think you just did it for us again eloquently because this is what you do, as we as we sort of segue more into some of the battles that that artists face and and some of the resolutions for those battles, even honestly the community and the sort of uh, group that you are building as a resolution to those battles. Before we plug all of that and 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 talk through those things, 
what is it that you see in the industry these days that whether it's labeled as imposter syndrome or people just being insecure in general, where do you think that comes from? I think that's just who we are as humans. We constantly want to be something else instead of taking the time to view our personal wins. Or we see somebody who we've looked up to for a long time and think, oh my gosh, I can never get on their level. Instead of looking at what you've accomplished so far and doubling down on the strengths you already have. And I think that's why you referred to me as positive because I'm, I'm always like, no, we have that within us. We just have to figure out how to bring it out and how to bring it out confidently. And to understand that there is no perfect you know, steps. There's, there's not the perfect steps to lead to success. You have to find them within yourself and to take all of this other knowledge that other people have and build your own path. So then that way you can say it is rightfully you and you can follow through on all the promises that you make. Okay, so clearly authenticity then is like a huge, it's a huge portion, yes, a huge yes, part, yes. Of the, part of this, right? So, so then tell us like, just so that we level the playing field, what is what is uh, an example of something that like that you personally, Ellie, not Ellie McKinney or not, not your company, but that you personally battle as an artist? Oh my gosh, I think... Honestly, it's just feeling not good enough. And I know that's not something brand new that we all go through, but the fear of failure for other people not liking what I'm putting out there scares the living heck out of me that it can just make me freeze and not want to move forward on any of the plans that I make because I'm so tied up in my own insecurities to be able to work past them. And so it's been about changing my mindset and realizing that the only person that's in charge of my future is me. And I will say that to anyone I meet always, but we have to do the work on ourselves before we can even see other people appreciating what we do. Okay, beautifully put. So let's boil that down to comparison. Yes. Right. When we compare ourselves to other people, other artists, either people that we aspire to be or people that we feel like we've already left behind or our peer groups or, or whatever. When, when we compare ourselves, we're often left with a, um, a really subjective view of what that comparison means, right? You are actively, you, you keep mentioning this, that you're, that, you're, that you're working in education, but I think it's really critical for everybody that's listening to understand that not only are you training people how to be better photographers, but you're actively teaching people how to get past those comparisons. Yes. Um, and kind of carve their own roots, right? So tell us about that. What, what does that look like? Because there's a hundred, there's a thousand photographers that are carving this line right now. And for some reason, the way that you're doing it is really special. It's really unique. So, so tell us about it. Well, thank you. First of all, the, Finding yourself as a business owner in general, could be a photographer, graphic designer, no matter what you are, there is a certain piece of self that you're putting out there or holding back. And so I think it's a balance of understanding, yes, there are going to be steps one through four that you should follow for SEO or whatever it is on your website. But if you're not doing it in a way that's authentic to you and represents you as a person, then you're losing all of the access to people who are looking for someone just like you along the way. And so what I love to do is help people find the strengths that they have within themselves. I mentioned it earlier, but 
An example would be just going to Google, looking at your reviews and the common words that are used. I remember whenever I first did this and it was professionalism and I was like, ew, who wants to be known as like <laughs> the professional? Like that's so lame as a photographer. And then I realized, no, that's what people look to me for. I love helping to make timelines and to take those pain points away from people getting married because I'm the expert. I do this all the time. I know how long it takes me to photograph things and really re reworking the way that you think about your own business and recognizing the pieces that people are already so happy with you for and making sure that you're marketing that. What's, what's the point of saying, oh, I'm really into prompts instead of poses. I make my clients feel like friends. If people are already giving you more detailed descriptions of yourself that you can use. So I just think it's looking at uh, business in a different way, in a different sense, and putting some psychology behind the business aspect. Okay, freaking brilliant! This there's this is already going to be a four part. Um, <laughs> we're, guys, we're going to have to dedicate a series to Ellie. Um, <laughs> all right, I, I I need to back back up now because okay. um, we touched on something when we when we were talking about, and it, believe me, I'm I, I know where I'm headed here. We touched Love on something it. when we when we started you off in 2011, right? Yes, we're talking about this idea of what motivated you to pick up a camera, essentially, and call this work. And then here we are 10 years later. And you're now at a point where you're confident enough and motivated enough that you want to help other people that are making that decision, um, do it in, in maybe more uh, intentional ways. Yes. Absolutely. Somewhere in there, you learned a lesson that you wish you would have had yourself. Am I right? Does that make oh sense? Oh my gosh, There's yes. Somewhere in there, there was a breakdown through which you said, nobody taught me X, whatever it is, and I'm not going to let other people fail. Yes. What was that? The sense of self. Oh my gosh, I could just dig into this so hard. And it's there, there are so many people that I looked up to, and now there's twice as many because we have all these amazing resources for photographers. But what I just... I couldn't figure out was how to help people. Like why, why wasn't there something out there that was helping people find their own secret sauce? Like you don't have to have the same sauce just to be successful in this industry. <laughs> I feel like that's the, the only way I can describe it right now, but you, you have something that's different about you. Every single person on this earth, while we have so many similarities and that's what makes it so beautiful there is something about you that nobody else can compete with. And so to be able to find that, sure, you could look at your reviews and come up with some fun ideas, but in workshops or no matter where I'm at, there are certain exercises that you have to mentally take your brain into a different mindset to be able to just think about yourself. And it goes deep, it gets emotional, but your time spent with other people or spent on your artwork is absolutely different from anybody else. And so what I think really made me want to dig into this personally and help other people is that I was finding all these steps, again, one through four that I had to follow to be successful. And then I would do those and I would just be sitting there waiting for the success to come like, er, okay, 
I'm, I'm ready. I did steps one through four. When's it going to happen? And instead of sitting on that for too, too long, I decided to take that extra step and dig into who I am as a human. What do I stand for? What are my core values? How can I bring this into my business to best serve the clients that I want to attract and then build from there? So it was just making sure that there is now a place for people to go to, to understand themselves better in order to build their business and follow those steps one through four confidently. Beautifully put. Okay. What is that place? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> so I am um, October 20th. Psyched Society is going to be a thing. And I am so psyched. Let me tell you, at first I was like, is this name corny? No, it is seriously the reason behind it. So I am marrying psychology and business into one beautiful subscription platform where I'll be releasing tools each month just to help um, with this piece. And I think online courses are amazing. And I tried to like come up with an idea for the perfect online course. And then I realized things are changing way too quickly. They change all of the time. So I wanted a place where I could release information and then go back and adjust it if needed. Talk about how maybe I was wrong in the past. I just want to be so vulnerable and authentic with everything that this is going to focus on that it needs to be ever changing and ever growing just like we are to actually be a helpful tool. Yeah, so listeners, if you if you will slow that down and, and put a link uh, in the in the uh, show notes, of course, for more information on that. But guys, if you're listening to this, there's a solid chance that you are already a part of or looking into being a part of the Photographic Collective. Please understand that um, that I couldn't be more excited to be personally involved, to get personally engaged with Psych Society. This is something that is like a a beautiful extension. Um, of the community that we've that we've built over in the collective and and this idea of like positive intentionality and purpose in in the lives and community of artists but correct me if I'm wrong I think Ellie what, what you're really doing then is trying to take that to the next level and say you know hey I want to empower success not just community but success yes is that right yes confidence okay. and success I feel like Anything that you do in confidence will lead to success. Okay, so this this takes us straight headfirst then into this idea of of people that are battling, you know, things like imposter syndrome and uh, and just feeling isolated in general. And we spoke about this in a in a, in a, an episode that actually released today. So if you're listening to this, uh, you you know, you're a couple of weeks behind. But Brandy Bucheri's episode. Uh, we talked a little bit about the the idea that um, people feel isolated because they think that what they're doing is proprietary, right? Mm -hmm. So they separate themselves from other people because they're afraid they're going to give away that special sauce. Oh, I've been there. We've all been there, <laughs> right? So, but you mentioned that sauce, and so I want I want to get there because I think there's something so powerful and positive about the way that you look at this where where does that hide like how do you access that and not live in fear of of giving it away it's all about routines i think for me personally and for a lot of people i talk to you get into the same routine so anytime you start to feel the imposter syndrome or something where you just don't want to share information because it could help somebody else get surpass you or things like that you 
you put yourself into a negative headspace where honestly, that's probably what is going to happen. (laughs) If you are thinking it, then more than likely, um, you know, you're not setting yourself up for success. So the way that helped me was to set routines around how I dealt with these emotions. So let's say I was feeling like, oh, maybe I shouldn't tell somebody where, you know, this cool photo spot is because then they could use it. And maybe like everybody wants to hire them. You know, silly example, but it happens all the Perfect. time. In no, our no, very, actually very relatable example. Yes. And so instead of feeling that way and handling situations where I was more like, mm, should I tell them? And then I would always tell them because I'm not the person to hold back information. I don't have that in me. <laughs> but what I did was I changed my mindset and my routines around the way I responded to those things. And I would say, oh, this is a relationship I can make right now because I'm going to need a location in the future and they might shoot somewhere and be more than happy to respond with their location if I just change my mindset right now. And so I would respond to these DMs about locations and be like, oh my gosh, of course, like I love sharing information. Here is the location. Here's the All Trails app um, that you should download to help you find it easier. And I absolutely love some of your photos. So if it's okay, I would like to ask you if I ever need an urban location because you do amazing things. And they're like, oh my gosh, of course. And so it's about creating that natural connection and allowing yourself to be mature enough, professional enough to realize that if you help someone, they are absolutely going to help you back in the future. And it is twofold all the time. Yeah, full circle there. Like you said early on, the relationship is more important to you, right? Yes. Than the product. And that that's a that's sort of a beautiful thing. The, the reason that this whole process started, to be honest with you, Ellie, was because I have um I really haven't battled that idea of like imposter syndrome a lot in my career. I've just sort of taken my own lane a lot um mm, through my yeah. through my career. But when uh, my sound engineer, Jared, um told me that he thought it was time for me to launch a podcast, I was immediately uh, not only uncomfortable, but terrified. Yes. And, and the the just the feeling of insecurity crept up so quickly, like, what is it? How do I have any level of authority to do this? Right. And so this entire exercise for me, this entire practice is actually me trying to absorb and learn and get outside of my own comfort zone. Um, and so one, thank you for being a part of that. But two, I, I think you're speaking exactly to the resolution where I got, which is the relationships that I have, the people that I have gotten to know, um, you know, whether through just a few quick chats on Clubhouse or through, you know, a decade of, of shooting alongside those those relationships are so much more important to me than um, than the opinions of people that don't know me. And so I, I'm really excited uh, to be able to to offer this actually, like as a gift to people to say like, hey, get to know the people that I love. And, and that's sort of what you just oh. what you just said, right? Yes, is like, you're building this network, this Rolodex of people. It's not transactional. It's just a group of people that that you have maybe made the first step to take care of. And now the door is open. Yes. And I think there's a little bit of a fighter that you have to find within yourself. One of my favorite words of all time is relentless. And it's because while I have this like positive aspect on life, I am such a fighter and I want to fight for other people to be successful too. And it's 
you have to get out of that negative headspace and realize that you are relentless. You can get past this. There are answers. Are you willing to do it? And that's the question. Are you, are you willing to change your thought process? Are you willing to look at things differently and build upon that? And if so, there's no doubt in my mind that you can overcome things like imposter syndrome. And it's not to say it's going to go away forever. Some people, I won't dig into this too far because this could be a whole other thing, but if we look at different personality types that we have as individuals, there are some people, especially in this industry, who deal with imposter syndrome way more than I can relate to. And you know, everybody fears failure, but does it stop you in your tracks like it does me? And so there are people who, there are things that are stopping us in our tracks and it's a little bit different for each person. So it's about navigating that, understanding the triggers that sets you in that negative mindset and reworking almost backwards to figure out what puts you in that headspace and how you're going to deal with it next time and making that plan. So then that way the routine is there. You've already promised yourself. So now all that's left is to follow through and just be relentless. Okay. Amazing. Uh, Start us at the beginning then, because it sounds like, yeah, I mean, obviously, knowing you, you have put so much work and so much effort into preparing this platform that you're about to launch. Where, where do you start with people? And, and take us past the like initial inquiry stage. I'm assuming, or maybe I'm wrong, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that there's essentially one universal step, right? Like, uh, like, like if you go to any kind of, um, you know, an addiction thing, there's usually a step, right? Like you have to do this first. Right. Um, what, what's the first step? First step is figuring out what sets it off. What makes you think that way? And so it's as easy as taking a sheet of pee or a sheet of pee. I can't even talk a sheet of paper and writing down if you're feeling this way, what was what is it within your week that's making you do that? Is it you scrolling through Instagram or is it you reading captions? Like figure out what is it that sets you off in this realm of just cloudy fog brain because you can't get over how you might not be as good as somebody else. What is it that puts you in that headspace? And for us to think about it, it might be easy where it's like, oh yeah, it's like Instagram or whenever I see somebody talking on a podcast, I want to listen, but I'm held back because honestly, it just makes me think I'm not good enough. Whatever it is, write that situation down because it's very, very specific. And I think whenever we try to broaden things and just make overall assumptions, that's when we're putting ourselves in a position where we can't fix it because we don't know the exact point at which we go into this negative headspace. So writing it down, honestly, as old school as that sounds, <laughs> being you able to figure out what it is. I'm a big proponent. That's that's really interesting that you say that. Um, so I mentioned earlier Brandon Bucheri's uh, episode. He is a, a big reader, but also a, a big journaler. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I've got um, sketchpad after sketchpad after sketchpad. I don't write. It's just my my weird creative mind. I don't write um, thoughts. I, I draw pictures, uh, diagrams almost. And it, for, I think, the vast majority of people, they would see them and think that I have just completely lost my mind. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's literally like a visual representation of all the things that I'm, I'm trying to kind of get, get out. Yeah. Um, I know I heard a lot, and I think you, you may have actually been in the room with me when I really challenged the idea of doing a brain dump. Yes. Um, I, I really, I, I personally really against that concept. But um, 
But I think there is something valuable that you just touched on there, which is like basically like first things first and then second things second. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you write it down, now you have you've given it a place in the world that it belongs outside of your own head. Yes. Right. And and then and then what? Like what what do we now that we've admitted that we're broken? (laughs) Right. How do we start to fix our I'm serious. Like now I'm because what I don't want to do is leave people with, you know, a I've got a whole bunch of listeners that are just sitting here in tears with (laughs) an empty glass of wine in front of them. So now what? You know, if you you hit that point, it's fine. But with the writing it down, you have to follow through with something. Or again, you're just leaving it out and on that sheet of paper and just thinking it's going to fix itself. We're not here to just let the world fix us, okay? We have to be able to do that for ourselves. And that's where that relentless thought press comes into. So you have these things on your sheet of paper that stop you in your tracks from processing the world around you, essentially. And so then once you have it written, you have this understanding that that is exactly what's triggering these moments for you. So now the next step is to figure out what you're going to do when that hits you. And I think it's almost as simple as a two-step process. Like you're writing things down and then you're doing something about it instead of just saying, oh yeah, I just, I can't today. No, you wrote this down. What is it that you can do? And so let's say you're, you wrote down scrolling through Instagram and you see other people's work and you're not sure that like you're good enough. So every time I'm going to use a silly example, but like there are these super artsy photographers who use like these beautiful grainy photos. And I'm like, why can't I be as cool as you? And so maybe that's what I wrote down. And so every time I see a grainy photo, I just get like so upset because I can't, I'm not that person. Well, enter Jordan Voth. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So like what's stopping you from being that person? If you're obsessed with it that much, why can't you do that too? And so it just takes you into seeing this thing on paper and being like, oh, I mean, yes, I wrote down that it's seeing other photos on Instagram, but I wrote down the word grain. How silly is that? Like I could fix that yesterday and just try to get a little more artsy with my photos to be able to bring that to life. So you're pinpointing these very specific things, and then you're letting those things enter your own world. Instead of just trying to take it all in from other people, you're grabbing it and saying, this can be mine too. It doesn't have to be just me wondering the what ifs. I'm going to make this a part of my business and the way that I serve people and give them artsy copies with extra grain on some photos to be able to just find yourself becoming happier within your work because it's what attracts you and now you're providing that to other people. Yeah, I think a lot of times you just touched touched on something that's really interesting. A lot of times just like one word of affirmation from somebody Ooh. else is enough, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like like every once in a while having that group of people, whether they're industry people or just clients or friends or uh, sometimes I think it's actually really helpful to have completely uneducated people in your in your sphere that have no idea what good and bad is. Yeah. And yeah. and then to show them that image, right? To say like, "Hey, mm-hmm. I just I, you know, they won't know what grain is, but I just added a bunch of, what do you think about this photo? Oh my gosh, I you have know? two really good points that you just okay, brought up. Go, 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 go. Don't let me know. slow you down. Just, it's just <laughs> my <going>. podcast. <laughs> so the, the first one is just reaching out to that person who did positively influence you. You just brought that up in the conversation we had. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, that's another way to create a relationship because that person is probably sitting there not understanding that their work is positively affecting 
inspiration and other people. So you're taking the next step and recognizing that person to where then you can create a relationship, ask questions in the future. Like it's only going to benefit you. And then I almost lost my second point, but it was so good. I don't know. We'll come, we'll come back to it. It'll come back, but I'll touch on that really quickly. Um, A lot of you guys that that are listening to this may or may not have heard the, uh, the interview that I did um, on Ben Hartley's podcast uh, a while back. And everybody listens to Ben because he's just like, he's the goat, right? <laughs> but 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 he t- tapped on what you just said. My relationship with Ben started simply because I was unafraid to write him. Oh, so good. And, but not, but not and build up some kind of false ego or say like, hey, you know, Ben, way to be the most talented photographer in history, but I, <laughs> which he is brilliant. Oh, but, yeah. but I started writing him to encourage him that I was really inspired by the way he was encouraging other people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's actually something that's very, like, very important to me personally, and, and led to, I, ironically, led to this conversation with me wanting to have a, a one-on-one with you. Because I feel the exact same way. I'm watching sometimes behind the scenes, and sometimes I'm taking time to write you and tell you this stuff. But mm-hmm. I'm watching you change your your sphere of influence uh, from the inside out. And often I think what we forget is, is we assume that everything happens publicly, mm. right? So, so we get lost scrolling, doom scrolling on Instagram, assuming that that's doom where scroll. the relationships are, right? <laughs> and, and we forget that like, guys, I don't comment on Ellie's photos to be like, you know, hey, miss hearing from you. Hope you're doing great. You know, like... <laughs> All of that happens intentionally in a direct message and then as rapidly as possible in a text message, right? So like, how do we build relationships? How, how, how do you build relationships with people when you're intimidated by them or when you're, you're anxious about their response? And how do you handle um, rejection there? Like when, when you never hear back from them? Oh, I've definitely been rejected. Yeah, I think that's a normal thing. And I'm glad you brought that up because it's not always about putting yourself out there and watching everything come to <laughs> come to life in these relationships. Clubhouse had a lot to do with the interactions that I had and how I had them. And there, there were a ton of people on Clubhouse who I'm intimidated by and still am. And I think one of the things that I did is I would hear them in conversation and then DM them later about how I appreciated their take on whatever it was that they spoke to. And just to give them that reassurance, like they were heard because if you've been on Clubhouse, you know, the feedback can be a little light. Everybody can get quiet. And so you're like, great. Did you hate that? Or was it awesome? Not sure. Never going to (laughs) know. So the same thing when people post on Instagram, they're not sure what's to be left in the silence. So if you take away the silence, you're opening up this really amazing opportunity to create these authentic relationships because you're starting an actual conversation. And I think, you know, if you look up to somebody, it it's not the right time to just reach out to them because you look up to them necessarily. I think if they've done something or they said something or they've posted something that's inspiring to take that and to let them know, because whenever you're feeling those things, Again, it's a lonely industry, or it can be. And so it's just nice to be able to create these authentic relationships. And then from there, you just never know what can come of it. And that's part of the beauty. Maybe 
nothing will, or maybe it's a relationship where you get to photograph with that person in the future because they thought of you and know that you have the same values and goals and expectations for your own business. So lots of opportunity to be made that shouldn't be missed. Yeah, you touched on a really interesting point because I, I think that that would be the natural step three, right? Like you said, you basically have to identify a problem or identify where the trigger comes from and then find a way to fix it. But then I, I would say, and I don't, not to take things out of your playbook, but no, in my mind, it. I would say step three is to find a community of people who will help hold you, hold you accountable to the mm. choices or the changes that you're trying to make, right? So um, it's interesting that you that you bring all this up, though, because uh, two, two, two people occur to me really quickly. Number one, I remember um, a conversation that we was having uh, on, on Clubhouse, actually, with Ben Heish. Okay. Uh, who, by the way, is one of those people that I'm totally intimidated by. And the very first time Absolutely. I had a conversation with him, his reaction was, I don't know how I've never heard of you, Miles. And I sat back. He didn't mean it in an insight. He didn't mean like, that in a negative way. But I sat back like, well, I've been following you for 10 years. So oh, this is for sure. Um, but I remember a conversation that he had where he said some of the most um, emotionally draining, most stressful moments in his career have been you know, sitting alone at a bus stop in Italy, like the highest points of his career is when he felt the most alone. Where everybody else wants to be. And, and, and that, that, that hung with me because I, I think it's something that we forget to highlight in the industry a lot is to say that, you know, while a lot of us feel as though any success that we do get is unwarranted, mm. we're comparing ourselves to other people who are just as human and are battling things that are just as vulnerable. Uh, and so I, I think that um, Binge, I don't think would would struggle with me telling that story. I think it's really valuable no, for us yeah. to hear that. And so when you reach out to somebody, like you just in, implied, right? When you reach out to somebody and you encourage them and you affirm them and basically say you were heard or you were seen or the work that you're doing is resonating with me, what you're doing is humanizing that person. Mm-hmm. And and you're giving you're giving them the opportunity, right? To to then maybe reply, and maybe they don't, or maybe it's not the right time for them to, or or whatever. Um, or maybe ten years later on Clubhouse, they act as though they are just hearing about you for the first time. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, passive aggression at its best, uh, right there. No, I, so anyway, fa- fantastic point. I, I absolutely yeah. love that. Um, okay, so but but here's my point: is you know what would be what I think is really special. Uh, you're in in North Carolina, you said, right? Yes. Um, so you don't know this, but a, a few really close friends of mine are re- are like right around you. Oh, I did um, not know. Yeah, um, actually, a photographer that worked for me for like five or six years um, lives uh, like at most an hour or two hours away from you. But but Wild. then one of the photographers that has been working for me the longest, he's been with me for eight years. This is an associate photographer. He grew up just like I don't know an hour away from you. So oh my gosh. what the heck is going on in the water in North Carolina? And why are you guys all so talented? It is where you least expect it, probably because there's not as much to do here. So we're focused on the things that, you know, people get married. That's or... what they do. We, when people just get married and we take when pictures. When you want a party, you might as well get married. There's a lot of that going on here. No, I. it's so funny. There's so much talent in places Um it's it's almost a dream in our industry to move somewhere like Oregon or, you know, you have these like beautiful locations that, and believe me, I've almost moved like 15 times. Like <laughs> I love change. I can meet anybody, move somewhere. That would be exciting. But with family and the 
you know, history that I have here, there's, this is just my happy place. And so I think a lot of times what it comes down to is just being able to be happy with where you are, whether that's location or whatever point it is in your life and celebrate it. Like I love tagging Winston-Salem on Instagram because I know people are like, who, what, (laughs) where? And I used to be insecure about it. Like maybe I should claim Raleigh because that's in North Carolina in a bigger city. But no, I had to be authentic to the streets that I walk every day and the people that I meet and the smaller businesses that I like celebrating here. So it's an interesting take on almost what we've been talking about this whole time, like every aspect of your life should be talked about and celebrated, especially if it deals with business. And so the insecurity of me wanting to like live in Raleigh or whatever it was, um, I had to let that go. And the only way that I could grow was to. So it just all comes together with that sense of self and being able to recognize what is amazing right here beside you instead of just wishing you were somewhere else. Okay. Perfect point. Like, absolutely hammered. I was like, wait, this all goes together somehow. I don't know how that worked, but I'm just really, I'm a good interviewer. You really are. So, um, (laughs) subtle. Hey, quick question then. Yeah. Because this is, this is an exercise I feel like people don't do enough of. Um, so we know that you, you launch officially, you said you launch a psych society next month or later this month. I'm sorry, just later this month, right? Yes. Um, okay. So we know what next month looks like for you because you're going to be crushed with new business opportunities and trying to maintain that. And that's fantastic. (laughs) We're just going to speak that into the world. Absolutely. We just did. And it's a done deal. Um, but I, I want to, I actually like to go this route first. I want to know like, who is Ellie McKinney as a, as an artist, as a professional, as a photographer, as a fill in the blank here, uh, from a business perspective, who are you in five years? Mm, five years, man, it's really fun to think about this. It's very scary to say it out loud. I am an educator. I have broadened from just photography to other creative businesses. I'm helping people find their best, best selves and have the confidence to be able to communicate it, whether it be on their website, social media, in person. I love interacting and talking. So as many people as I can meet around the world doing workshops, whatever that may be, I have this dream of making a bigger influence on the creative industry in five years. And I think what that means is just showing up more in person, showing up more online, creating tools that people haven't thought of before. I don't want to be a repeat. I don't want to take what somebody else has done and say, okay, I can shift and move this around and make it better and sell it on my own. I don't want any of that. I want to create something that helps people on a deeper level that honestly, this first step of creating Psych Society, the name coming and being influenced from psychology and building upon that to something bigger and maybe even writing a book about it. Beautiful. So then what is the end of your career? Not the end of your life. We're not getting dark. At the you know end, at the end of your am, career, what's listen, what's, the, what's the legacy? What the do you legacy, leave? What do you leave with us? It's so hard because people are like, build something that you can sell. And while I love that because 
why not build something that you can turn into retirement by selling it to somebody else? That's not what I'm here on this earth for. And, you know, I'll leave that to my husband. We can open a brewery and then sell it later. You know what I mean? Like, this is not something I'm willing to ever give up. And so whenever it ends, it's not a true stopping point. There's tools and resources that can go on for generations in my mind, maybe too broad of a scope, but like, look, there are things that we have used for years and years. And I want to create that specific thing for the creative industry, because let's be honest, we have a high turnover, especially in the wedding industry. People get very, um, I'm going to use the word exhausted from from what you have to do to be a wedding photographer. And so I want something that helps the new generations skip these pain points that we keep hitting as photographers over and over again. And to not just like make cool memes over feeling insecure or whatever it is, but to actually give them tools and resources, pages to fill out, questions to ask themselves, best practices to get in a positive mindset. So then that way there's something that's a go-to that lives on forever. That would be my ideal situation. Yeah, beautiful. So again, it, it comes back to then the relationships. Yes. It's the, it's the people that you- You're, you're so you're, good. Your you're legacy so good. then is the people that you've poured into. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's, that's where I wanted to go with this was, was the, the idea that, you know, I introduced you clearly as being this beautifully talented and we haven't even talked about your work, but, um, but that takes five seconds to see. I mean, your work is, is incredible, but what, what captivated me early on by you was, was your mindset was just how positive um, you are and how, easy it is for you for whatever reason to um to dissect something down and then build it back up and it's a really powerful thing to be able to share that with everybody and and i think the fact that it just keeps coming back to relationship it probably says more than anything um and uh, and so i'm just so grateful to have you on here um hey before we before we wrap up, everybody always does this whole thing. Like, how? Tell me how they can find you. And guys, that it's in the show notes. Like, come on. Um, oh yeah. This is like it's it's twenty twenty. We don't waste everyone. time around here. No. But yeah. Right. <laughs> like we're we're there. I'm about that. More powerfully, though, aside from being able to follow you on Instagram and all of that stuff, which of course is is valuable. How is it that you want people to interact with you? That is such a good question. I just love any type of personal interaction. Following is fun. That's fine. I think it's celebratory whenever you see people follow you because you're like, oh, I wonder what they do. And then I click on them and I start to like look into it. But a DM, you know, just a direct message or an email of something that you appreciated in this conversation that we had, like email me and miles and like, let us know so that (laughs) we can, you know, build and feed off of that. Because I think sometimes it's easy to get lost in direction. But if you have that feedback, whether positive or negative, then you can focus on the right things. And so just being able to have that direct message that says a little something, a voice memo, an email, those are the types of things that I thrive off of and help me continue to grow. And I want to help do the same for the people who message me. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so I've already admitted that I plan to sign up and get engaged. But <laughs> how how does everybody else? Um, 
how do how do we access this psych psychology psych society of yeah how do we do that oh my gosh okay short note in fifth grade i was on a basketball team called the psychos so we're bringing you know how politically up. incorrect that is i don't even think you can say that anymore i'm pretty sure we're gonna get canceled for that guys anything sorry. that ellie just oh, said sorry. is not necessarily there uh, if we could just cut that i'm just kidding wait we're gonna keep it in <laughs> Um, hey, I got Phil Porto to cuss. So if I can yes. get Phil Porto, I know, right? I was proud of that moment for me. Um, that probably sounds horrible. Uh, okay, so but seriously, how do we get um, how do we get involved? Like anybody that is listening to this, this is clearly your your passion project right now. So how do we support you? And then how do we tap into you supporting us? That's amazing. So I am creating a Facebook group that will be live, all able to find this information on the website. And it's still being built. October 20th will be the full website. Right now, it's just a short page giving you a little info. But really, it's a subscription-based platform for $17 a month where I'm releasing tools and interacting. But you can take the first step and join the Facebook group, which will just be about these ideals and will challenge each other's thought processes. And honestly, that is where it all starts to see if it's a good fit for you too. So just being able to join in on conversation, um, you know, Psych Society is going to be more than just tools and resources. I really want to give people uh, something so much deeper. And so each month I'm hoping it gets more and more intense in the best of ways for what I'm asking people to do and, and the ideas I have around this. But yeah, just being able to connect from Facebook to Instagram to the platform that will be Psych Society through Patreon. So beautiful. So last question for you. Yes. It's $204 a year. What is it that I walk away with after the first year? We are going to be hitting on every pain point that you have as a photographer based on the time of year. So if you join for just a full year, my main goal is to make sure that during slow season, we are getting that mindset right. During busy season, we are getting that mindset right. And all of the in-betweens on top of, you know, helping you communicate who you are to the people that are connecting with you about your business, social media, individual emails, and just building upon that. Yeah, cool. So literally for less than the profit that I would make from a one hour shoot, I've got a year with you as a business mentor. I'm signing up. That's happening. <laughs> Guys, this episode was officially sponsored by my subscription to Psych Society. I'll make hey, you an ambassador. Let's do it. I mean, um, let's don't go. play with me. All right. Hey, <laughs> Ellie, thank you. Sincerely, thank you so, so much for taking time to, uh, to level up, um, you know, the, the listeners that, that are on here. Guys, if, if, you, um, if you resonate with this, this problem, uh, this, I, I feel like I hate to use the word epidemic because it's gotten so used lately, but this epidemic of isolation and of um, insecurity and of artists limiting themselves because they get so stuck in the fear of comparison. Um, you know, do me a favor. I, I not only would love to hear from you directly, um, as Ellie mentioned, it, it would mean a lot to me in furthering this podcast and who I'm speaking to and who I'm bringing in. But one step further than that, I want you to be brave enough and be bold enough to write Ellie directly. 
And the reason I want you to do that is because I want you to open up the door, open up the opportunity for Ellie to pour a little bit of intentional positivity back into your life, just how she has in mind. And, uh, and so Ellie, I'm so grateful, um, really, that you, that you joined us today. It means a lot. And, uh, and I'm also really glad that we started recording, recording right after the sirens uh, were quiet. <laughs> Because things got pretty awkward there for a few minutes. I thought that Ellie You're might. so loud. I thought that she was getting audited. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, guys, again, last last thing. Uh, man, I, I always end these things just so, so full of new ideas. Um, Y'all, this is the Photographic Collective podcast. Uh, my name is Miles Woodboyer, and our guest today was Ellie McKinney. And I am just over the moon to end this recording so I can grab my piece of paper and start writing notes about the things I want to start fixing. So Ellie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. I am almost speechless at the end of this. I appreciate you going into depth on levels that most people um, aren't willing to, to talk about this subject. Well, you know me well enough. I, uh, <laughs> this is, this is self-serving. I only <laughs> wanted the free education. So, all right, we'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect.